Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4Patriots.com slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4Patriots.com slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. It's Alabama's Morning News on News Radio 105.5 WERC. Welcome back. I'm JT, and joining us now, I can't wait to talk about what's happening in the Ukraine and how he's been doing such great work with orphanages. Markham Davis, the founder of AbundanceInternational.org. It's a U.S. nonprofit organization. Markham, welcome in. Thanks for being here. You know, it's so great to be able to share the story and talk to all you good people. So thanks for uh, thanks for the time. Absolutely. So how long have you been involved with Abundance International? We formed it and have been doing work for the orphans since 2012. And it just started with uh, family relatives, Ukraine, wanted to do something to give back to the community, walked into an orphanage and says, what can we do for you guys? And they're saying, they looked at us saying like, well, who are you? Wow. Um, but we'd established a friendship and we started saying, what do you guys need? And then I, I reached out to my business community and said, hey, can you guys chip in? And one thing led to another. And over the years, we've just fallen in love with this work. Um, mm-hmm. We've built ICU units, birthing centers. We did an entire rebuild of the uh, Kyrgyzstan orphanage, which I want to tell you about in a little bit because they're now in Russian-controlled territory. Mm. We did the roof, the electrical system, and, of course, all along the way, bringing them diapers and food and medicine and things like this. And it's grown from two orphanages to now, since the war started, we've had so many requests. We're over 20, over 2,000 kids, and it's... um, it's it's a daily task now, and, and of course the situation's not getting easier. Right, getting much worse. Mark, and what what grabbed your heart and led you in this direction in the beginning? Yeah, like I said, the beginning is something where I just felt I've been blessed, and I want to just do something to get back to the community. And um, you know, my family members in in Ukraine said, "Well, how about if we do something for the orphans?" I hadn't thought about it, so sure. And right. again, like you said, we walked in and just said, what can we do? But here's what really grabbed my heart. When we were able to go and just bring them some supplies, it wasn't just to make a, a delivery. They would, they really honored what we were doing for them. And they would have the kids to make a little craft for us. They'd set up, the directors would set up a, a little tea social. Um, during the holidays, they'd do a little dance. And we'd always get to play with the kids. You'd be able to sit on the couch and the kids would crawl on your lap and you bring toys for them. And it, it's like, you know, so much of our, our website at abundanceinternational.org on the photos page, you scroll down and you see some pre-war photos where we were able to do that. And you can't not fall in love with these kids. Right. It's just so heartwarming. Not only do you understand that they have a more difficult setup, you know, in their life to grow up with, but they're also in, in, a, in a fairly warm, safe, loved environment. So their hearts are more open and receiving. You know, so you come in there and they just crawl in your lap. It's just an amazing warmth. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we could tell you what's happened since the war started. You can imagine. Right. I'm, I'm, are they very prevalent in Ukraine orphanages? Have they always been something mm-hmm. that's uh, been, you know, needing addressed and it's a big issue there? 
The Ukrainians had not successfully launched a real foster care system in the country, so they had been using orphanages. I have a database of 146 orphanages in the country, um, 22,000 children, and it is the primary way they take care of kids. They're typically um, brought in for one of three reasons. You know, either it's a it was a teen pregnancy she didn't uh, she didn't feel she could raise, or the the parents were really not. They're incompetent one way. They're jail, drugs, mm-hmm. problems like that. Or there is a lot, a third of the kids seems like they come in because of special needs, a deformity, a Down mm-hmm. syndrome, things like this. Wow. And so we've had some amazing success stories. And Kirsan, um, the doctor who, who uh, runs it there um, uh, with us, she has just made it her mission to get these kids adopted. And so she makes it a requirement for all of the people who come volunteer or work there. They have to try to get friends to adopt the kids. So she was over 80% adopted rate every year. Wow. Most of the orphanages don't have that kind of success rate. And, you know, unlike the media misperception, most of these children are still in Ukraine. There's legal responsibilities, medical care, long-term um, obligations that have to go into this. And so, we are trying to take care of all of the kids who did not get out. We're talking with Markham Davis, the founder of AbundanceInternational.org, a nonprofit organization that works with the orphanages in Ukraine. As you said, I mean, with the war going on and these kids still being there and not as easily removed from that country as one might think, are they in constant danger? And what about the staff and the folks that volunteer and help? Well, you asked about three huge questions in there, but I'll try to <laughs> summarize it. You know, it's, right, right, it's like, right. one, are the kids in danger? Well, we wouldn't have thought so at the beginning. We wouldn't have thought something as innocent as an orphanage would ever be targeted. We wouldn't have thought, you know, but then we've seen hospitals and universities. Why? You know, we don't understand. The only thing we do know is that the predominance of the intense war effect on the East Coast, uh, the eastern part of the country and the um, the South most of those orphanages move their children to less hostile parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And so then we had a case like in Venezia, the orphanage there, where they went from 100 to 150 children in less than a month. So now we've got a different set of needs to try to address with that. Um, it was funny because I traveled the country extensively, you know, and making deliveries, making contacts. And of course, now we have a network set up so we can deal get them what they need. We know they're going to take care of it. But um, in driving, I never personally felt like I was going to get hit with a, you know, a, a weapon, but the problems became other, they're more drastic. Food supplies, gasoline. We were in Lviv when the Russians blew up the fuel depot and you could feel the earth shake and see the smoke. You wow. know, we were just two kilometers away from that. And then you realized, I looked at that going like, I'm not afraid that I'm going to get hit next. I'm realizing that may be the end of gasoline in this region for a while. And and so these are the kind of concerns you have to deal with. Now, as far as the orphanages go, um, the biggest trauma – well, first of all, again, there's so many issues in this, but uh, I know. briefly, the one thing we're going to have to deal with post-war is the psychological trauma. You've got little kids, and prior to the war, most of the work we did was for infant to four-year-olds. 
they have no idea what these sounds are, these noises. They don't understand why the nurses are panicking and grabbing them when the air raids go off and rushing them down the hall to go into the basements below the, the bomb shelters. Um, and in many of the orphanages, instead of having to grab these kids three and four times a day and rush them to a bomb shelter, they just set up life from the bomb shelters. They don't have to disrupt their life as much. You know, the, the caregivers you mentioned, I, I love them because, you know, they stayed to make sure these kids are taken care of and so many left. Yeah. And it's something we want to make sure they're rewarded. They feel like they're frontline heroes. Um, and the way they've tried to create normalcy, school is starting right now for the kids. We're trying to get in, into the program. And then the other issue is food supplies right. and medicine. Um, and I'll just, I'll just tell well, you, you the, I, the I, most I, extreme. I, I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you real quick. You'd mentioned that, you know, some of the orphanages, mm-hmm. uh, orphanages now are under Russian control does that change things? Do they take care of them? Are they doing the right thing? I mean, how is it different from where it was before they got but, there? JT, thank you for asking that. Um, it's honestly one of the stories I'm most proud of because of the creativity we've we've had to initiate and succeeded. I'm, I'm very proud of the effort of our whole team down there. You have to imagine um, we now care for about four of the orphanages there that are now out of reach for even Ukrainians to be able to help send them support. And the Russians were actually going to try to take over the main orphanage in Kherson. They fired our staff, and they were going to bring in their own. And our people, this is this is a director I told you she loves and makes, she wants to make sure these kids are adopted every year. She arranged her own foster care system and got these kids in the local homes. And so our task has been in the Russian-controlled areas because the by our observation, the Russian soldiers have ransacked the stores, the, the grocery stores, very hard to get food. The pharmacies were were rushed, and so what we've had to do is make arrangements, literally directly with fishermen, growers, uh, butchers, um, dairy farmers, to say, <clears throat> we know the market's off right now. You're not going to be able to sell like you would. Can you take some of what you have to, to, to care for our orphanages? And we've managed to take care of these kids, and the photos are just remarkable. You can see on the on the oh, website. Wow. And. We have been, these kids are now eating better than most in Ukraine because the people stepped up and they helped. That's and awesome. it's heroic stuff, just absolutely heroic stuff to reinvent an entire food chain well, and Mark, invent a foster care system. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get some information out for folks. And we're going to, you know, I, I want our listeners to pray for God's cover over these kids and just keep them safe during this horrific time that they're going through, Markham. But how can people find out more and what can they do to help? You know, right now in the holiday season, you know, our hearts are warm, we're caring, we want to give. And I'd like to stay connected with as many people to let them see what we're doing. And I really encourage people, go to AbundanceInternational.org. Any gift you make, we'll, we'll put you on our list. We can, you'll get our updates and whatnot and stay connected with us. Um, so many people are asking, can I send blankets or teddy bears? We don't have a way to get those in and then finally get on trucks and trust gas distribution to drive them all over the country. Right. So that day will open and someday adoptions will open and we'll take care of that. Right now, I just tell you that you can see from what we're doing, we're taking all the gifts, the donations, and it goes directly to the places we're, right. we're serving. So I would just say, please spend time to see what we're doing there. Abundanceinternational.org. You know, we love the giving wonderful hearts that God leaves on people's hearts to give. I'm a pastor's kid and I, I just believe in the leading in this. It's yep. the provision is there. Absolutely. Our, we don't have big corporate, we don't have big corporate donors. Our average donor is $94, but we've been able to use these gifts to, to take care of these, these mm-hmm. kids in this 
time of crisis. And we pray for the peace of Ukraine. Markham, thank you so much for what you and your team are doing and bless these kids. And uh, once again, folks, for more information on how you can help and learn more about what they're doing, go to AbundanceInternational.org. Markham Davis, thank you so much for sharing. This is Alabama's Morning News on News Radio 105.5 WERC. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. 